Greetings, ranters. It's Dr. Edwards here with another Lunch and Rant. Thank you for joining me. Today, I want to talk about the 80-20 rule. This is the rule the ACA passed, which says that your healthcare insurer has to spend at least 80% of all the premiums they take in on actual healthcare and quality improvement. What does that mean to you? Well, essentially part of the rule is that they can only spend 20% of what they take in on overhead and they can make as much as a 15% profit. Okay, how is this important? Well, first of all, let's say they are spending 80% of what they bring in on claims and quote unquote quality improvement. What does quality improvement mean to you? To the insurance company, it appears to mean limiting the care that you can get because they are constantly adding in things generally supported by CMS, CMS, which is the Center for Medicaid Studies, which put requirements on physicians to do things that actually may or may not benefit patients. Perhaps at one time the research showed that it did, or perhaps it's just something quote unquote measurable that we do that we can say, oh, this improves patient care. Well. Insurance companies can put these requirements on the physicians that accept their contract. And the way that they ensure that this quote unquote quality improvement is going on is to limit how much they pay to physicians who won't do it. Also to do things called prior authorizations to try to limit what they consider to be unnecessary studies. Now, are these physicians deciding that these studies are unnecessary? No, usually not. They are things that are written by policy, which perhaps are based on the literature that perhaps somebody who actually has a medical license or a medical degree or maybe a nurse practitioner or physician's assistant um, has thought to themselves, well, that'll work. They may or may not be practicing physicians. Chances are, or practicing clinicians, but chances are they're not. Um, and so these are actually put into action, not by actual clinicians and certainly not by physicians, but really by administrative cogs in the wheel. The idea here is to limit the care that you get as much as possible and for them to make more money. Now, let's say you might say to yourself, yeah, but they're limited to 15% profit. Well, you know, on $1,000, that's $150. And since most of you are paying somewhere around $1,500 to $2,000 a month, whether you know it or not, you are now seeing that they get somewhere between $225 and $300 a month in profit every month from you, and they're spending the other amount on quote-unquote care and quality assurance. Now, is there a limit between how much quote-unquote quality insurance they might be doing and how much actual care they might be paying for? It doesn't look like it to me. That means who knows how much they're actually paying to the doctors, nurses, physician assistants, nurse practitioners, physical therapists, laboratory workers, uh, radiologists, radiographers. Oh, let's just go on. All these people that actually lay hands on you or your bodily fluids or your studies and contribute to taking care of you. Now, I will tell you, there are probably a lot more administrators than there are people actually taking care of you in this great system. So you can just guess for yourself how much of the money is spent on those administrators, both for the hospital, which has been forced to take on the administrative burden for much of Medicare and Medi-Cal, which also includes really all the insurance payers as well, 
and for the insurance companies and for CMS as well. I will tell you that about 8% of everything that we spend in healthcare goes to actual physicians and then some other amount to all the other people who lay hands on you, but I'm guessing it's probably well under 50% is actually spent on taking care of patients. This is pretty disheartening because it's the people that actually touch you or touch your stuff that take care of you. Now, I'm not saying that people who are administrative aren't necessary and important, they are, but a good deal of the administrative burden laid on hospitals, physicians, and other clinicians is really for no other purpose than to limit the care that you're getting and limit the amount that they have to pay you, pay the people that are taking care of you to get it. What is a better way? Well, first of all, uh, nixing a good deal of this administration in favor of person-to-person uh, -person relationships. Because this is the big problem in our modern sense of healthcare. We think that this is something that can be automated, that we can run patients through 12, 10 minute visits and the physician can, like a little machine, decide what's wrong with them and send them out the door with some kind of prescription. That is not how people work. If you haven't figured this out after sitting for an hour wearing nothing but a gown on a piece of paper on a cold exam table, then I'm here to tell you about it. But I'm guessing you have figured it out and you have figured out that you've been turned into some kind of little cog or a, a widget that is being squeezed through a machine but that you are not a widget and that the people that are taking care of you are not machines. And in fact, the more human they are and the more of a relationship they have with you, the better care they're going to give you. But that is the very thing that this system seems to be designed to squeeze out and all for the purpose of some insurance companies somewhere making money. Now, if like me, you think that's a terrible idea, I suggest you become involved. Now you can become involved by writing to your congressman. You can become involved by switching to direct primary care to buying, to paying cash wherever you can for healthcare and switching over to insurance policies that really actually cover what's necessary for insurance, which is essentially hospitalization, because no matter what we do, we're not gonna make hospitalization cheap. In order to have somebody in the hospital, they require round-the-clock nursing care, round-the-clock monitoring. In the intensive care unit, it's much more extreme than that. And that's expensive, right? Nurses deserve to be paid well. The techs that are taking care of people deserve to be paid well. And the hospital has very expensive real estate that they have to keep very, very clean and very, very up to snuff technologically. Plus, all the machines that it takes to take care of people are also quite expensive. So... Hospitalization is never going to be cheap, and I don't think there's a way to make it cheap. Although, given that Singapore charged uh, the Navy about 10% in cash uh, when we took our patients to Singapore, uh, what you would pay here in the United States, my guess is we could make it less expensive if we started cutting out all that unnecessary administration, which isn't at all focused on the patient's care and well-being, but is instead focused on jotting eyes and putting in ICD-10 codes. In case you're wondering, I don't think an ICD-10 code ever saved anybody's life, but it does help people bill. Not me, because I bill my patients every month a monthly fee, but in the emergency department, actually, I do have to use ICD-10 codes, which, by the way, I kind of have to enter myself. So... Uh, if you think that's a colossal waste of my time as a physician, you would be right. 
and additionally all the the EMR coding that I have to do, the way I have to write my notes, is all time that is taken away from taking care of you, my patient. If you don't like that, call your uh, congressman, call your senators, call your state senators, but more importantly, if you are an employer or you have an employer who provides health insurance, seriously consider going to some kind of self-insured plan and contracting with direct primary care physicians and direct care specialists to pay cash or to pay a monthly fee, but something that is gonna get you out of the insurance game because it's not helping you and it's not helping me for sure. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to me and please hug a nurse. We are short probably about 25% of the nurses we need. In my particular hospitals, it's about a third of the nurses that we once had, we no longer have and we need them and they're all getting out of clinical care because clinical care sucked for the last two years furthermore we need more people to go into teaching but they don't pay enough for that so we also need to encourage hospital or um, schools that uh, have nursing programs to start paying nurses more so that we can have better nurses doing more teaching because we need the very best to teach our very newest Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Edwards. This has been Lunch and Rant. Thanks for joining us. Please listen every Wednesday and please be sure to subscribe and share these podcasts with all your friends. Take care. Bye-bye.